Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ready to get your glitter on? Then head to Worlds of Fun Grand Carnival from July 23rd through August 7th for a larger than life shimmering celebration. Join the spectacle of color, a dazzling parade of floats, performers, music, and beads that sweeps across the park. And take your taste buds on a world tour while dancing to music after dark. Save over 45% with a Carnival bundle, which includes admission, parking, and three food tastings only at worldsoffun.com Yeah, it is the Blue Room and we are here with another exclusive interview, myself and Dave Downey delighted to say, joined by Marcus Benz, former Everton striker. Marcus, thanks very much for taking the time to speak to us. Don't be silly it's always the big home of the Blues and the family <laughs> and wow. yeah, yeah, you guys coming all the way up from Liverpool um, it makes me humble yeah. they're my family um, people say to me, who do I support? As a kid, I supported like Arsenal, Barcelona, Real Madrid. And once I played for the Blues, and then that family circle of people. And more so, I was thinking last night when I was sleeping, and I just said to you, I didn't go out and play um, for the manager. And yes, I did go out and play for the team. But more so, I went out and played for the fans. I love the fans. The fans are brilliant. And that's not me trying to suck up to anyone I promise you that I promise you that you've got no reason to no reason to at all not being back since and um, sometimes it's frustrating Um, but um, the blues are my family and every time I send a text and I think when you've sent me messages I always put a blue heart on it yeah that's because I love the blues so whether you take that or not, I don't know, but that, that, that's how I feel yeah. about the Blues. I love the Blues. There was, there was a video of yourself doing the rounds quite recently on social media. I don't yep. know if you saw it. and It got a lot of traction on our feed and okay. a lot of Evertonians' feed. We talk about the club and it seems that yep. you, you're quite emotional talking about them. Yep. Um, what is it, you know, you played for a lot of teams in your career. Mm-hmm. What was it about Everton that stood out in particular for you? You, well, said, you said the fans there. Was it, was it anything in particular? Was it the behind the scenes, the people at the training ground, or was it just the, the whole feeling of the football club as a whole? Before I get to that, I get emotional because um, the first day I came in, McFadden come and um, shook my hand. We had a little bit of um, 
a rolling against Leicester. Then Wayne was up on the roof with his metatarsal, <laughs> shouting at players. How Wayne is, we call him Dog. <laughs> and then I, I met Dunk, um, and Dunk was quite standoffish. Um, but then once I got into the club and people respected me and they saw my hard work, they saw how much I um, wanted to be at the club, I got a love for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't start the first game against Arsenal. We lost. We lost big time, um, which was scary. But then I started the next game. And the team morale, Tim Cahill, Lee Carsley, um, Kevin Kilban, um, Duncan Ferguson, Stubber, they all installed in me a family bond, a family Everton bond, a f uh, and I couldn't let it go. So after that, we literally um, would socialise with each other, with our families, girlfriends, kids. And then once I got that, I just became a fan. So every time I see the Blues, every time I, I think about the Blues, and every time I played for the Blues, it was always for the fans. Hence why I always talk about the Blues emotionally. Yeah. I've never been back. I've never been back. I've never played. I've never played against them at at, uh, at Everton. Um, wish I had, but um, yeah, it's my club. It's my home, and it's my family. When you come in. Uh, that season, you mentioned about Wayne Rooney's metatarsal, which he ended in the Euros in 2004. Yes, he did, was, yeah. was there a feeling, and a lot of players left the club that summer? You've yeah. got some there, Matt, haven't you? On your well, yeah, Kevin, Kevin Campbell obviously left. Well, Kevin didn't, look, Kevin didn't leave in the, in the January um, of that season. Of that season. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, but there was a lot of big names going out the door. Uh -huh. and, you know, there's a lot of transition in regards to, to players coming in as well, wasn't that you mentioned there? Well, I remember as, as looking at it as a fan, I thought we're in real trouble here because. Mm -hmm. Moyes, as far as we were concerned, we were coming off the back of a season where we just finished 17 with 39 points. You were, a lot bottom, you were bottom three at some time. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people, We were bottom three. Yeah, a lot of people were talking about how this club just looked, there was, there was turmoil at boardroom level, it looked like the club was basically on, on its backside at that yeah. point. In terms of selling that to you, was, was it a no-brain in terms of joining the club? I know you've, 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 you've described it, it was a big thing yeah. for you. Well, I think, don't get me wrong, the Blues were going for a bad patch, definitely. And then selling Wayne, the fans probably stepped back and said, hold on a second, we're trying to build here. Was that already a dumb thing when you joined? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was, done, it was a dumb thing. I remember uh, walking into the change rooms and um, Wayne being in there with his metatarsal, literally saying, I'm going, good luck. Mm. Um, which was daunting yeah. coming off the you know from the likes of Wayne he was only young at that, that time um, probably on the same pedestal um, but he was going to Manchester United he was getting called up for England he was he was the man at the time so I needed to go in and do something um, I'm not that my personality is I go in uh, by that time I was I was mature I wasn't just I wasn't just a kid at that time I think I was 23 24 at that point so I'd been scoring goals in the premiership I got uh, Pep, uh, premiership player of the year sorry of the month uh, at Ipswich so I'd done my rounds I knew what I was doing but it was being in the likes of Duncan Ferguson Kevin Kilban, yeah. Stubber, Stubber, the captain, um, 
Gravison, Gravison, what a player. Everyone always mm. says to me, who's the best player you've ever played with? Tommy Gravison, hands down. Yeah. Technically gifted, technically gifted. Um, and then uh, Carsley playing alongside Gravison, always people got mixed up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know um, That's what someone said Real Madrid apparently got exactly, mixed up. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly. I'm leaving players out and I don't mean to, but the team we had were um, gifted players, but just without the confidence, mm. obviously because of the last, the previous season. Yeah. So was did, they, did they feel low? Sorry, man, I was just going to say, did it feel like yeah. it was low on confidence? Yeah. Could you tell that when you walked in the door with Wayne leaving, yeah. with the players that left, with finishing seventeen? Not at that. Not at that point. Not at that point. Um, the low was when we lost the first game. So the pre-season went really well, and I was buzzing because I'm playing alongside the, the you know, who I've told you. But the, the low was um, Arsenal, the first game of the season, and we got beat. They give us a good hiding. 4-1, yeah. wasn't it? 4-1. But what we've done is we learnt from that, and what we, we grew from it, and we became a hub, we became a team. No one was better than anyone else. And I know it's, it's, it's what everyone says, there's no I in team. But I promise you now, there was no I in team. We literally worked hard for everyone, mm. each one of us, and literally just went out there. I mean, there wasn't many games that we won more than two or three nil, mm. but we won the games. It was about us literally getting through the season and getting to where we know we can get to, and uh, I think we achieved that. With, with that in mind then, and you said about you know the, the hard work and the, and the team ethic, as a centre forward coming into that, did, did David Moyes make you aware of the fact that you were, in some sense, it's going to be a bit of a sacrificial lamb in regards to you're going to have to run the channels, you're going to have to be isolated a lot of the time, and, and how how did he sell that to you as, as a centre well, forward? At, at that point, at that, at that point, he didn't really tell me we were going to play <laughs> one up front. He didn't say that. Um, if he had, I'd, I'd, I'd still have come to the club, but um, he didn't tell me that we were going to play one up front. I think it's when I came on against Arsenal and played one up front, and then I think the next game was away to Norwich. We played Palace, Palace, Crystal Palace. That's where I scored. Um, and then I think that's where he got the, the formation from. Let's work it on that by hard work, sitting back, and then counter attacking. Bringing Dunk on, bringing Kevin Campbell on, um, who are legendaries in the game, who taught me a lot. One thing I say about them both is that there was no animosity or any jealousy. They would always pat me on the back and push mm. me out and give me confidence and inspiration to go out there. Hence why I just grew and grew and grew and grew. Um, McFadden at the time was on fire, mm. absolutely on fire. Um, Kevin, Kevin Kilban down the wing, Lee Carsley sitting there, Gravison. I think Gravison scored a goal uh, against Crystal Palace as well. We won the game. Yeah, it was it was hot. It, it, we, to be fair, they scored first. So it was a little bit, and I played for Crystal Palace as well. So it, the fans are on my back as well. <laughs> so it was pressure, but um, no, um, a good occasion. It felt even at that point, in that early in the season, it felt like it, some people were calling it a six-pointer at the time mm -hmm. because Palace were newly promoted. I think we're going to be ourselves. We've mentioned the concerns that we had with the team then. Yeah, it felt like that was a pressure game straight away. Straight away. I mean, it came off the back of Arsenal. Mm -hmm. So Arsenal. So we got to go and win, and it's an away game. 
we, we managed to win and we played well. We got confidence from that. Um, we all got on the coach. I think I stayed in London, see my family and stuff, but then travelled like you guys have travelled six o'clock in the morning, travelled back down <laughs> to um, uh, Manchester, Liverpool. Um, I don't know what the next game was. What was the next game? Uh, we beat West Brom at home to one Aussie scored twice. Ah, um, and so Aussie came through. This is yeah. when Aussie was coming through. Yeah, talented player. Talented yeah. player. Absolute Everton legend. And it come th- that was the start of a, the, the yeah. run that we all, no one anticipated. Basically, this. we just started winning games mm-hmm. by the odd goal. Defence was rock solid, and I mentioned to you before we started recording about your role as I remember it as blue at the time was you were our outlet in terms of pace. Mm. If the lads were under, we wouldn't have much of the ball in games, but no. if it was sent forward, it was down to you to chase. Yes, well, could. there you go. It was so frustrating at times. Alan Stubbs, David Weir at the back, um, and then um, Padavano, sorry, Pistoni, um, Pistoni, Pistoni, um, Ibs on the right. Hibs, what a player, what a player, solid, solid, so we trusted in them, we trusted in them, but it was up to me, well not up to me, but I was just chaseable down, I was doing it for the team, and, uh, don't get me wrong, I got frustrated at times, Timmy would bounce off me, I'd hold it up. Um, was that ever a role you'd have to do in your career before? Not really, <laughs> not really, I've always spoke on, um, um, uh, um, um, Sorry, Leicester, yeah. uh, Man City, um, forwards. I know you're going to cut this. Um, Sorry, Vassell? No, short. Vassell? No, he's going to kill me for this. All right. <laughs> Don't worry, we won't show him. He's going to kill me for this. Um, uh, Paul Dickoff. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Paul Dickoff. Now, people say to me, Paul Dickoff, he was a hard worker, goal scorer and work for the team and when I was at Leicester he just kind of helped me to get to that point yeah. hence when, when I came to um, Evan that's when I installed his work ethic into the team um, so when the ball would come up and when it go in the channels I'd chase it when it would go over to the left back or right back I'd chase it I just wanted to be a part of the team. I wanted to prove myself. I wanted to prove myself more so by scoring goals. Yes. But at that point, at that time in Everton's season, I just had to show or I had to work for the team and that's what we've done. So uh, there's nothing else I could have done. Timmy was scoring the goals. I, I got a few myself. I was frustrated. I was angry. Yeah. No, so I'm not going to say angry. I was frustrated because I wanted to score more goals and I felt like I had scored goals in my career but I didn't get that opportunity so I got frustrated I did I did you look at the important goals you scored in that season as well you mentioned that game Norwich which we were talking on the way down obviously you playing for Ipswich yep there must, you have, go. must have been a crucial time for you to, to score that goal. Basically. And remember, we won that game 3 2. We were 2 0 up. There you go. They got it back, and then Big Dunn scored Basically, quite late yeah. on. Yeah. Um, how was it scoring at Carroll Road when you must have had absolute pelters from everybody? Well, coming into the stadium, obviously, being well, not being under pressure from the Everton fans, they backed me from, I think, the start. I think they were a little bit. Um, questionable you know let's see what this kid can do yeah. so there is that pressure there 
but then playing against Norwich and then playing for Ipswich, um, there's that rivalry. Yeah. There's that rivalry, you know. So I have to score here, <laughs> and it wasn't. More, do you know what? I'm going to tell you the truth. It probably wasn't for Everton at that point. It was because I needed to shut them up. Yeah. I had to, and when I scored, then you know, Tommy, Timmy, um, everyone came over, dunk. And, it, and you know we finished the game and it, it, we, it was in the change room. Um, I can't tell you some stories, but um, <laughs> there was a, a kit man there, he, Jimmy Martin. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy was he was like the twelfth man. He was just brilliant. Always picked us up. And I'm going to say he was only the kit man. He was he was part of us. And you asked me a question about um, people within the club. Yeah. It's not just about the team. It's about the cooks. It's about the cleaners. It's about you know the the, the, the staff. And that's what I loved. And that's what I I kind of bagged into. That's what I loved about it. That's why I always smiled. That's why I got up in the morning. That's why I wanted to train. Trained 100% every day. I can't thank Everton enough. I love them so much. Hence why, again, you can see it in my eyes. I love Everton so much. But of course, it's, you know, I'm in London. You're up there. But um, I think I'm going back down to um, the farm in two weeks. Um, not seen it since we moved from yeah. Northfield. Yeah, we, we, were, we were there yesterday. The facility. I mean, it's it's an yeah. elite level sort of complex. That's what now. I mean. I've yeah. not seen it. I know Timmy's down there training at the minute, um, so I can't wait to get that back down there and see him. Just Dave said there, one of his favourite goals was that Norwich one from that campaign. I think mine has to be the late equaliser of Southampton, mm-hmm. where we. We're pretty much our players for, for long portions of that game. And mm-hmm. I think when people look back at the 04 05 season, they will say, Lee Carsley's derby, obviously a huge moment. Oh, massive. The win against Manchester United. Let's just say I said that, by the way. That's right, you did. You did. Yeah. yeah. The, um, the win against Manchester United, obviously, where Dunk scores, a huge moment. I look back at that campaign and I think that moment where he dug out a draw with a fantastic goal like that was just, it felt like all those, like a little incremental build and block proper campaign and to produce that finish at that moment must have been hugely satisfying, especially in front of the away fans as well. It came in, it, it came with anger. Yeah. I don't like to admit that, it came with anger. Um, you can tell that by how, how hard you hit the ball. <laughs> Absolutely, it came with anger. Yeah. You know, um, I will say I knew where I was going to put it. Yeah, but it came with anger. Is there any place you could put it? Well, it, it, it probably was. Yeah. It probably was. If you look back on it, yeah, it probably was. Um, but I thought. So I've looked back on the goal, and people keep talking to me about it. I thought Dunk flipped it on, and I ran on and and, and, and scored. But I, it actually came to me my touch into Duncan and he played me around the corner Um, but James was playing that game obviously being from Southampton and I love him to bits and um, you know uh, I don't begrudge him coming into the side at all I do begrudge some of the um, the decisions from the the management and I'm going to say that out loud I will do fair comments Uh, and you're not the first I will do I will do and if anyone wants to call me out then so what are you going to say but I was there I was present and and that's how I felt Um, so that game I wasn't I didn't start and I came on and I was angry 
It was a little bit like, um, you know, what was the Newcastle guy that kicked the boards? Some audio could It was a little bit like that. It was a little bit like that, actually. A little bit like that. But um, I scored. And um, I, I speak to Jamie Redknapp and um, his dad now and then they live um, where I live. And I, we sent them down. Yeah. We sent them down and it literally... Because <laughs> it was just after Harry Redknapp came in basically, to Southampton, yeah, wasn't basically, it? That basically. Is that great camera angle? Think of Harry Redknapp after you've scored that goal. Yeah, you've yeah. to him and you can see it's all like, the Artorians oh, going yeah, there. Exactly, behind, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, no, that, that was, um, I think that was probably the, um, the last amazing moment um, that I could share with Everton fans, the Evertonians, my family. Um, um, my last game was against Portsmouth. But we'll get to that anyway. Mm, so. yeah. That goal, and, and I think it, it typified, you said you're angry when you come on. Yeah, yeah, no, that to me was the indication that you could have got so much more out of your time at the club if you were in those positions much more often because right. it was such an instinctive finish. Right. Dunk slides you in. Right. I mean, you'd almost think in, in your head that maybe happens another way where mm. Dunk's the one in the box and, right. you know, and, you and you get the ball. And you, I remember I was playing five-a-side football that afternoon mm-hmm. and I thought, we're going to lose this. And it, it was in the over the road from my old house. And it was a power league uh, in Kirkdale in Liverpool. And uh, they had the game on on a little TV in the corner. So you're not really concentrating on the five-a-side. <laughs> no, so this is it. So it's literally, we were about to kick off and I was right. like, I'll come in a minute. I just want to see the end of the game. Right. And I was just stood in the reception. <laughs> and it was at this point in the season where I think we were slowly running out of gas a little bit. And it felt I like every every point we could get, mm-hmm. because we had that terrific run before Christmas. If you actually look at 2005 as a calendar year, mm-hmm. it wasn't great in terms of results. No, of course so not. We were holding on because we got that big of a lead in fourth over Liverpool. Of course not. And I remember thinking this was crucial that we get something out of this game. And it was like 93rd, 94th minute, and I just remember screaming the house down <laughs> when, you, when, you, when you put it in the corner. Just, minute, just to put it into uh, the, the, we were fighting for our life that season after the back off the back of the season that we had last the 17th. We were fighting for our life. Was it a surprise that we were from? Probably. Yes. Probably. I'm not going to say that we were freaking amazing. But what we did is have a family base and a hub and a team around. And there was no I in team. I hate saying that word. Yeah. But we worked for each other. If someone lost the ball, if I lost the ball, it wasn't about blame. We'd stand up, we'd hold our hands up, but we'd go at it. And the fans got behind us and they could see what we were trying to do. And what I have always got from Evertonians is that you put the work in. You put the work effort in. We're loving. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't, you know the door. You know where the door is. That's what I got. So I'd go into training. I would train in matches and the staff again, cooks, cleaners. They were all yeah. all part of it, and that that's what I got from. It always interests me when we talk to a lot of former players mm. from that David Moyes period because he's been the club for eleven years. Was it? What, what surprises me is, and I've been interviewed him many times myself in my career, is that he doesn't seem the most personable person, yet the teams and the players that played under him still seem to fight for absolutely everything. Is that, is that more to do with... I'm not going to disrespect David. Yeah. I'm not going to disrespect David. But I, I, I thank him for the opportunity. And he did install a lot of good stuff within me. What I do, um, and I 
don't want to go too much into it because it's not yeah, about him and uh, it's more so about how much I love the club but I don't I, I didn't respect his decisions or, or how he went about decisions towards the end that's it so I'm going to leave that there because I don't want to get too much into it um, the players respected him the, sorry the players um, yeah the players did respect him and we went out and we played what he said went um, didn't seem the type who you'd go for a pint with after a game is that sort what? of thing I'm getting yeah at, at, at times at times at times he was at times he was he was probably under a lot of pressure as well so yeah. you have to take that on board as well um Especially again from the season before, mm. um, Wayne and him, you know, in the media, it was it was shown that they didn't get on. Um, but again, him bringing me in, I can only give him applause and thanks for that. But towards the back end of what our team done, whatever done, what do you know? What I'm going to say, what I done, I didn't feel the the, the um, respect or. Yeah. from him hence why I wanted to leave the club Alan Stubb said he had a similar issue didn't he because yeah. he, he felt he earned a long obviously it's a contractual issue with him and he was saying he felt he earned more than one year that he was being offered sure. essentially the club was on a shoestring budget sure, at that sure. time sure. Um, so he went to, ended up in, at Sunderland for a year sure. and then ended up coming back sure. um, the, the way in which he acquired players like yourself Tim Cale yep. for minimal amounts of money oh, amazing d- d- that's as a manager yeah. amazing amazing I mean you know you get you get managers Man City Man United they've got the budget they have the budget and again the fans are on his back they're on the, they're on the, the chairman's back as well they're looking for results um, so to acquire me Tim Cahill Tim Cahill I came in first when Tim came in People weren't expecting anything from both of us. Mm. Me and Timmy are really good mates. I'm seeing again Tim. I spoke to Tim yesterday. They weren't. They weren't thinking that we're going to come in, and, but we worked our asses off. We we tried to become part of the the, the whole story. Did you strike up that bond straight away? I mean, I think what it was is because we're new players. Yeah. So it, it's just it just know, happens naturally. Exactly. Yeah. It was just naturally. Um, and maybe that's why Timmy fed off me. And don't get me wrong; it wasn't just me that gave Timmy goals or, or, or set up goals for Timmy. But Timmy was always in the right place. Timmy was always bouncing off me. Um, again, it was frustrating that Timmy was scoring all the goals. <laughs> but that's but that's not with anger or, 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 or that's because I love him. I'm glad that he's doing what he's doing, I and mean, he's the player that he is. An amazing player. Even as a centre forward, you say there about you know Kane, Tim getting <laughs> goals. You know, you say that yourself, you wanted to score more goals, which is obviously natural. Could you still take, or did you learn to take the same amount of pride in regards to part of your other game, like your work rate, like setting up other players, or was it very much still goals, goals? As soon goals? as we went back into the change room and we had won, I didn't think Timmy scored. Yeah and I'm going to be angry about yeah. it. We all got round each other, hence why I said yeah. there was no I in team. It was all just about the win. It was all about us just getting a result because we knew the situation. We knew the fans were on board. We knew the fans needed some sort of story, some sort of leadership, some sort of journey. Um, 
and that's why I say uh, we. I, I didn't go out there playing for Moisey. I, I, yes, I did go out there playing for my team, but I went out there more so playing for fans. I just got a buzz off the fans, and that's not me sucking up again. I promise you that now. I used to go when I used to get to the ground, right, and uh, get in the change rooms, and then you'd hear the footsteps. You, I don't know whether you've heard it. So in the change rooms, you hear the footsteps. Do, 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 everyone coming yeah. up. It's an old ground, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All the, the intricacies. And don't get me wrong, I've had it over loads of clubs as well. But then when you go down a tunnel and you hear the the, the, the tune with the um, Jack Ars, yeah, yeah. Ah, that was it. That was it. I was there. I was there. I knew. I knew we weren't going to lose. I knew we was going to win. I knew I was going to chase it out. I knew I was going to work for my team and the fans, and that, that's just what it was. Obviously, the team did finish fourth last season. Oh, four and five. Fantastic effort. Fantastic achievement. Given the hard work done by everybody, given the ethic the team managed to build up, how disappointing was it? What happened in the qualifier at Villarreal, especially in that second leg? Um. Well, if I could recollect it, I mean, I think Dunk scored at, towards the end and it got given offside and it was offside because of me, <laughs> but I wasn't offside, yeah. um, which was quite harsh and quite frustrating. They were very physical, again, uh, not an English side, so what they used to do is grab hold and the referee at the time, I think, kind of... Um, I looked upon Villarreal as, as his team. I'm not going to say that that's what he done, but um, that's how we felt. Um, it was it was disappointing. Um, we'd spent two, I think, two or three days there training. Um, again, confidence coming off the back of our season yeah. and stuff, and um, losing that game was it was harsh. It was disappointing. Soul destroying in a sense. Yeah, soul destroying in a sense. But we achieved it. We got there. I mean, no one would have expected that. No, of course. That season, do you know what I mean? They but went on to get to the semi-finals of the Champions League. That do you know what I mean? Well. Yeah. So, it, you know, to come so close. Exactly. Suppose, come so close. But at the end of the game, we were all, we were all upset and down with some of the decisions. But that's football. Yeah. What struck me about it was when the draw came out, and you used to see it, the top four all get Champions League group stages straight away. Now mm -hmm. back then, the fourth place side had to play the playoff, of sure. course. Um, I remember speaking to David Moyes about this, and he said he was sat with you guys and Mikel Arteta was at the front. Oh, Mickey! Sorry, I forget about and Mickey Arteta. <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> he Mickey, said that yeah. when he was uh, talking to him, Villarreal came out of the pot, mm. and he said when he turned to Mikel Arteta, he just sat there and shook his head. It was like that's the one side we don't want to get. Oh, is that what Mickey? Is Villarreal? Villarreal oh, really? Because they're, they're a class outfit and they'll yeah, be really yeah, good yeah. in the coming years. Yeah. And he, he said he felt that that's when the whole thing just felt like it was against us. Obviously, you're not writing the tie off completely, but. Mm -hmm. The fact that we'd worked so hard to get to that position yeah. and then ultimately have to come up against a side that went on to, I mean, they had Kelme, Diego Forlan was doing really well at the time. Some top class European players. I wouldn't say the word it all came up against us. I mean, they, I wouldn't say they were a better side than us. I think they were probably a more mature, a more experienced side than us. Don't get me wrong, not experienced more than Dunk and, 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 and so many other players in the team. But again, coming off the back of being 17th the year before, then doing what we're doing, and and, and then playing in this game yeah. against a, a, an experienced side that's played in these tournaments 
constantly was was exciting for me was um, something I wanted to win we wanted to win again it, what was it 2-1 we lost the first like 2-1 and then the second like 2-1 but we got, we got it back and, and that goal was disallowed and that, that corner comes in hindsight and it? I think I remember watching me back on TV and Kevin Ratcliffe mm-hmm. Everton legend was the commentator and he went I can't believe he's given that no. and what the commentator was trying to say I forget who it was at the time was saying that you perhaps give it for an infringement by yourself but on the replay you're nowhere near anybody. I was nowhere near anyone yeah. that, that's what I was trying to get to yeah. yeah that's what I was trying to get to so whether it was offside or me touching someone yeah. but all through the game they're grabbing us they're holding us you know they're being physical with us and then when it got disallowed it was like hold on a second so yeah. you know so alright hold my hands up guys <laughs> hold my hands up guys yeah, but I, you know I, I've, I've I all I think we've all watched that back a number of times that goal and we struggled to see anything exactly. wrong of it at all. Exactly. So. The, the referee in that game, Pilo Winji Kalina. I think what Dunk headed it in, right? Yeah. And I was at the back stick. I was at the back stick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. And, I've got it extra in my memory, <laughs> Yeah, no, like, I've been again, I'm getting old now. But um yeah, apparently I I pulled him or something like that. But yeah. no, it wasn't. But there you go. That's it, the referee from that game. He come mm. out of what what the sort of Rumour Mill come out after it was Pilo Kalina yep. who's obviously a big star referee yep. Yep. come out of retirement for that one game right. and then retired again yep. after it okay. so obviously many blues out there <laughs> like this is, not, this is not, a conspiracy let's, 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 yeah. <laughs> let's not rumour mill let's, no, not, no, let's no. not do that let's not do that but, but I mean that that result obviously seems to have a big impact on the following season then because the team is struggling in the league we have the Dynamo Bucharest game where they, they lose 5-1 and you know that, that felt like a, a huge disappointment for everybody um, was that really hard to recover from as, as a team I, mean, I, I, I wasn't playing at that point yeah. I wasn't playing at that point um, so I was kind of I was frustrated I was um, still training hard yeah I'm not going to lie to you, on my days off I was going out, I was yeah. drinking, I was, yes. I was, um, I was angry uh, at the manager, at the management staff, um, Beach was playing at that point, wasn't <coughs> um, I was still in the squad and stuff and don't get me wrong I wasn't just going out and not putting 100% in always and I don't think anyone can look me in the eye and tell me I didn't put 100% in yeah. in training and, and and in the games and when I came on uh, it was just really frustrating um, again the formation um, it's not. this is not on beats this is not on James it was just it was different dynamics yeah. now we're not used to this now we're attacking a little bit more yeah well on the eye to me the, the thing that seemed a lot different was you were the one man strike force in effect mm-hmm. with Tim Cale running off you sure. but you as well as holding the ball up mm-hmm. you, you were quick which is what I meant to sure. at the start when you put James Beatty in that exact same role the, the pace is gone mm-hmm. you know he, 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 could, no, he couldn't it, shift as well as you let's no, be honest but okay okay yeah no and I agree with you yeah. on that I agree with you on that James, but James is actually quick once yeah. he gets started the problem is, is that James hadn't played one up front at Southampton. Yeah. At Southampton, he's always played two up front. He is a um, a man who will hold the ball up, but he'll turn and he's got a good strike on him. But he have a partner to bounce off, so he didn't quite get it as quick as maybe I did. Um, 
coming into Everton a year a year before. So I think it, it was a little bit harsh on him. Um, no, he's a great striker. Mm. Uh, a great dressing room team player. Um, I can't give him any more props than I, uh, he is an amazing guy. Um, just didn't work for him. Just didn't work yeah. for him. Did you ever feel that it would have worked if the two of you were up front? Because that looked a natural thing to me. If you were to put BT and, and you together, you running this off is here. What, this is what I was hoping for. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was hoping for when he was coming in. That's what I was hoping for. But we're both big, strong, good in the air. Um, but we didn't get the we didn't get given the chance to, you know, find that out. Um, that's what was frustrating. Mm. Um, just before we wrap up, I uh, just want to ask you about a few individuals during your time at Everton. Um, yeah. You mentioned it very briefly there, Mikel Arteta, oh. um, coming in midway oh. through that first season. It's a sort of sort of replacement for Thomas Gravison, obviously played yeah. wide a lot then. Um, first of all, as a player, how influential was he in, in the time of the football Arteta club? came in from Rangers, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, not, no one really knew who Arteta was at that point. Um, he came in, good technical skills, not as good as Gravison at the point, and I, I will say, and uh, he probably, he probably slapped me if um, <laughs> he hears me, um, but uh, uh, Gravison for me is just, uh, he's just, he's, uh, he's just got it, he's just, he's technically just gifted, like his presence as well. At times, and I'll give you this, at times, Tommy, uh, sorry, um, uh, Gravison and I didn't get on. <laughs> you know, just, just team morale. And, you know, I think like, every single person in that side would I mean? say it, that at some point. And it's not just about football, it's about everyday life. Yeah. He was called Mad Dog for a reason. Mad Dog, you know. <laughs> um, but he was gifted, absolutely gifted. Anyway, Arteta came in, took him a couple of games, but you could see it. Yeah, he he grew into the, the role and his technical skills, and then he became the Tommy Gravison, the or the player that we missed in midfield. Yeah. That's when Timmy. That's when myself. That's when Kate. I'm sorry, McGarsley. McGarsley. Yeah. Um, and everyone again, we bonded again. We bonded again. So it was then we started passing the ball again, rather than channels, channels, channels. It was so Arteta. Yeah, for me, oh my goodness, what a player! What a player. And obviously, now he's doing fantastic work yes, as, he is, as yes. a coach with yes. on the Pep Guardiola. Mm. I mean, knowing what you know of him and, and work mm. with him, do you think he would be a good fit for Everton in the future as a manager potentially? Let's not go that far. <laughs> Let's not go that far. Yeah. Uh, what, what I will say is that I, I was disappointed, well, not disappointed, but guided for him that he couldn't hold a, a, his international place down because there were other players in front of him. Yeah. You know? Um, he was a gifted player. Um, and then uh, he made his way within Everton. But then he's at Man City now. Um, give him a chance. Yeah. It's not to put that pressure on him just yet. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm not saying he can't, um, but just give him that chance. Just yeah. give him that chance. When you come to leave, uh, obviously it was, must have been a difficult time for you anyway. You knew, I presume, that it was coming towards an end, like you said, you got out of the squad, out of the team, getting minutes quite sparingly. Just talk us through your emotions at the time when you come to leave a club that you that have grown so much on you. All right, so let's go off the back of the Southampton game, which we've spoke about: yeah. anger, frustration, 
Um, not quite knowing why. Um, having the team, my family around me, um, the fans that I'm not going to say adore me, but appreciate me, should I say? Yep. Um, and not um, getting a contract with the rest of my teammates was um, frustrating. Uh, so towards the end of it. Um, I'm going to say to you, I went into uh, Moise's office and I, I, I went in there four times. First time I said, I want to go. I'm going to tell you the truth. Second time, sorry, he said, no, you're not going. Second time I went in there, I said, um, please let me go. Sorry, this is the end of your first season, or this is this is so basically when we came back from pre-season after the fourth place, okay, yeah, right? and then James comes in. I'm not playing as much. I'm only getting a couple of minutes here and there, training. It wasn't so much playing with the reserves, but I, I want to play. Yeah, this is my team. This is my club, and. Um, so I, 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 there was an offering from Charlton for various other clubs as well. And um, my agent said to me, if you want to go, we've got to make it known to David that um, you're not happy. I didn't want to because I didn't want the fans or the club to think that I wanted to leave. But for my family, I just had a baby as well. Um, my, where I live is London. Yeah, I was unhappy. I just wanted to play, so I literally went in about four times. I quickly go through it. Went in the first time, didn't really put it across as, as good as I should have as a kid. Quite scared. Second time, again, didn't put it across. Third time, I just said, I, I, you know, my respect's gone. Um, please let me go and that's when he said okay so I'll let you go and that's when we went down we travelled down to Portsmouth I came on and um, waved to the fans goodbye I will say Moisey um, at the end of the game um, uh, pulled me over and he said oh, if you want to come back you're always welcome um, which I admire and that's nice of him um, but at that point my head was just uh, you know I cried that night, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I could cry now, literally, seriously. I didn't want to leave, I wanted to fight for my place, but do you know what, there were two good forwards coming through. Um, it was James Vaughan, Victor and Ichibi. There you go, they were coming through, and um, I was happy that they were coming through and that they'd done really well the next season, that's when you won the, the cup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you feel as if you've played for a lot of clubs? Mm-hmm. You've obviously got an affinity. You're emotionally attached to the football club. Sure. Did you ever feel that anywhere else? Or anything close to it? No. no. Don't get me wrong, you go to clubs and you meet friends, you meet um, um, acquaintances. And I've got probably five good friends throughout the many a clubs that I've been to. But nah, every time I go, well, I've not been back again. But I promise you now, when I go back, which I haven't been back, but when I go back, I went back to um, uh, Leicester the other day, and it was just love, you know, yeah. backroom stuff, cooks, 
cleaners. And They'll be really happy right now as well, the way they're playing. Well, yeah, no, of course, of course, of course. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for them, I'm glad for them. It's, there's no bone in my body that wants anyone to do bad or hate on anyone. It's just, I'm just trying to tell my story. And then I'd done um, Sheffield United Liverpool um, a month ago. And um, didn't think I'd get the reception I did, but walked on the pitch, sorry, alongside the pitch, and the whole stand on the clapping, and it was it was it was nice, you know, retiring and um, losing the, the the faith within football, losing the drive in, in a sense, um, to go back and have the fans appreciate you. Um, I don't want thanks. It's just the appreciation. Yeah. It's just nice that appreciation. Do you feel because you're such a talented player, you quick, you score goals, most places you went to. Do you feel as if you did yourself justice as a footballer? Do you think you got the absolute most out of? Or do you, or do you think you could have done a lot more? Um, I think as a let's put footballer aside. I think as a person, a human being, uh, me personally, I, I beat myself up more than I always say. A fan or a paper can't beat me up more than I beat myself up. I'll go home and beat myself up. Own biggest critic. Yeah, basically, um, because I want better out of myself. I want I want better for my career. Could I have done better? Hindsight, again. Um, probably. Probably could I have trained harder? Could I have focused harder? Could I have kept my arse in every weekend? Probably. <laughs> probably. Yeah. You know? Um, but, again, you're a young guy. On the biggest pedestal, biggest level in the world earning a lot of money driving the nicest cars sometimes you get carried away sometimes you get carried away but it takes the likes of Duncan Kevin Kevin Kilban these uh, mature experienced players to humble you I've always been humble but what I'm saying is give them your their um, look on life and their experience and that's what youngsters do nowadays and that's what everyone youngsters will need as they're coming through Um, so as being an adult now or being an adult now and a father and a, a, a little one on the way that's what I have to be you know so do I regret anything no could I have done it better probably <laughs> but this is a different chapter now um, but it's nice to speak to you guys and it's nice to speak to the fans and, and um, reminisce I suppose um, and I can't wait to come back and see the boots basically well, can't wait to have you back at Goodson Park. Really appreciate your time today as well, Marcus. Um, hopefully we'll catch up again no, at some point in the future. Definitely. Thank you, sir. Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offer the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com slash apply. That's Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.